Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Hello, loves. I am so excited to announce that I'm going to be facilitating alongside some incredible teachers at the Austin Tantra Festival coming up here in Austin, Texas, December 16th through the 18th. I love, love, love these community spaces as incredible opportunities to learn tools for greater intimacy, authenticity, and connection. These sort of containers are really a safe space to practice setting boundaries, to discover and push your edges, to let go of any limiting beliefs around connection, sexuality, or intimacy. So tickets are now on sale at austintantrafestival.com. I have a special code for you. Leola10, that's L-E-O-L-A 10, gets you 10% off tickets. So I hope to see you there. I will be linking Austin Tantra Festival in the show notes. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I am going to be talking about the relationship style or structure known as monogamish. So monogamish is my current relating style. It's a favorite of mine, and uh, I'm really excited to kind of share what that means. And it can mean so many different things, but it's important to give credit where credit is due and recognize that this term monogamish was first coined by a uh, relationship and sex columnist known as Dan Savage. He was kind of in that sort of relating style at the time and kind of came up with monogamish, which I absolutely love because you have the obvious uh, undertone of monogamy, but it's ish, you know, we're monogamish, we're mostly monogamous, but there is space for more, right? And so the thing about monogamish is that it can manifest in so many different ways. Uh, and it's also quite subjective and it can mean something different to each individual or each couple. And I've talked about open relating of various types on this podcast before. And if you're curious about learning more, I would direct you to uh, open relating in marriage, which was an interview that I did with um, Annalise. And that is one of the first episodes of this podcast. I think it's like number eight, nine or 10, as well as <clears throat> Uh, what was the other one? Um, solo polyamory with Frank Mondoze. And I think that that episode is near the sixties or something. I don't have the exact numbers here, but, uh, keep a lookout for those. If you're interested in learning more about different, uh, relating style structures, especially in the more open realm, uh, I would also recommend a few books. Sex at Dawn is a great one if you're looking for kind of understanding why. Why why am I interested in dating other people when I've been told for all of my life that 
monogamy is the most, you know, correct and societally acceptable and even altruistic path. Um, why do I have these urges, even though I deeply love my partner? Why do I want to, why, why do I want something more? So that's a really great one. Another one I would recommend is ethical slut. Ethical slut kind of gives you a breakdown of all the different types of uh, open relationships that one could have. And you can kind of get a sense of what you're drawn to. And then my personal favorite is polysecure. Polysecure is really great because it applies the attachment theory. So, uh, you know, briefly the attachment theory kind of recognizes that most of us, uh, show up in a relationship, either, uh, avoidantly attached, meaning we want to, uh, push our partner away, even though we love them deeply or anxiously attached, like we want more and we can't get enough or secure, meaning not really on either end of the spectrum. And then there's the mix of both avoidant and anxious as well. It's a really great, uh, a resource called attached, but polysecure, kind of adapts the attachment theory to open relating uh, because, you know, open relating oftentimes brings up to a, puts under a magnifying glass, you know, all of these like attachment, you know, styles that may or may not be serving you and your highest good and kind of gives you uh, different strategies to come at open relating from a very secure place that feels safe and grounded and expansive. So I highly recommend that one, especially if you have a little bit of fear or resistance around open relating, but are wanting to give it a try and just don't know how to do it in a way that's going to feel nourishing and not overwhelming. So that being said, monogamish. So it can mean something different to a lot of different people. And I've kind of explored it in past relationships as well. And I don't think I fully got it down <laughs> right until this relationship. Uh, and even then I can say I've only had like, like really in the past year, less than year, have I been open relating in a way that I feel is actually um, uh, expansive and fully like integrated and holistic uh, I've tried open relating in past relationships and uh, I've had a lot of my partners lie and I've lied and it just was a lot of mess. And the first time I considered open relating was when I was 19 and I had been with my partner at the time for three years and I loved him deeply. And, you know, we talked about marriage and all the things. And at the end of the day, thank God I didn't marry him. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I was feeling like I'm not being satisfied by this relationship and where can I get that, that satisfaction? And so that's where open relating kind of came onto my radar. It was both this feeling of I'm not getting my desires met in this relationship, as well as I feel that there is more available to us as humanity in, as a human um, collective. And we're limiting ourselves by just clicking monogamy as the default when there is space to explore more. And so I read these books and a lot of them just kind of had this sense of like, I've been saying this my whole life. Like, I feel like I'm finally being acknowledged. <laughs> you know, I love when books are like that. And so I, 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 um, shared it with my partner and he was very resistant, didn't want to try it at all. And it was really frustrating for me. Um, 
And, you know, I think that there are lots of reasons to choose uh, polyamory or any version of open relating. And at the end of the day, in that relationship, there were there were really expansive reasons that I wanted to try monogamy and or uh, monogamish or open relating. And there were also very limited fear-based reasons that I wanted to try open relating. And ah uh, <laughs> and yeah, so for me in that relationship, again, I wasn't. I I just knew that I something was off and I was not feeling the desire and the drive that I wanted in that relationship. And so I thought, well, maybe if I hook up with other people, I will find it there, but I don't want to leave this relationship because I love him. And also I'm afraid to leave. Right. So at the end of the day, what I actually needed and what we needed, my partner and I was to have better intimacy practices together and to try things like Tantra first to get our, our foundation really tight and um, also just feel like really connected to one another and like very devoted to that. Because if we would have started open relating in the place that we were in where I wasn't even clear on what I wanted and neither was he, I just knew there was more. It's kind of a little bit of a problematic way to approach open relating. So my recommendation is to make sure for, for me and what is one of my agreements in my current relationship is that our relationship comes first. And if there's problems of intimacy between us two, that's the focus. Anything external is like abundance, overflow, extra. So, you know, on the other side of that earlier relationship that I was speaking of when I first started exploring, you know, open relating and polyamory, um, I, I also did in, intuitively know that love is not finite. It's not a, it's a resource that is overflowing and abundant. It's literally in every air that we breathe and me loving someone else. is not going to take away the unique and special love that I had for my partner. And so that was the more expansive way that I was approaching that relationship. At the end of the day, we took a break from each other. And in that space, I played with someone. I went away and we kind of had a don't ask, don't tell sort of situation that always felt really icky um, because it wasn't even said we we're going to have a don't ask, don't tell. It was more like I'm going away and I'm going to want to connect with people. And it was just like really, really complicated. And from there, uh, we ended up breaking up about um, a couple years later after I just continuously felt like then I finally was able to start communicating my desires and I still felt like they weren't being met or acknowledged or respected. And that's when I stepped out of that one. And then, you know, in follow-up relationships, I actually had a lot of fear around uh, sharing my desire for open relating because I felt like it was so taboo. And I was a little bit traumatized for how I felt judged in my past relationship for wanting something like that. And so there, for the most part, I was dating people that were monogamous and just hoping that it was, if it was the right person, I would just want monogamy. And that was not really working. And at one point I dated someone that was quite a bit older than me. And I introduced him to this whole world. I kind of got to the point where I was like, I actually dated someone um, that I became what exactly what he wanted. This is not the older guy, although this guy was also like 10 years older than me. But um, before I dated this older man, 
that I introduced open relating to, I dated this other man and we dated for almost a year and he was amazing. He was the perfect thing, like on a piece of paper, just yes, yes, yes. And I wanted to be his partner because he was so perfect. And so I became exactly what he wanted and completely abandoned who I was and who, what my desires were. And we dated for a year and he was like deeply in love with me. And I realized like he's in love with someone that isn't me because I've become what he wants. And that's not actually authentic to who I actually am. And it was awful cutting off that relationship because I essentially lied to him the entire time. I lied to myself first uh, and that kind of over overflowed into him. And this was seven or eight years ago now. So after that, about a year later, I started dating a guy who was a little bit older and this was my first time really owning, hey, I kind of went through a little bit of a dark night of the soul in that year in between and went on seeking an arrangement and explored fat life and that wasn't the dark night of the soul part necessarily, but I was like, who am I? What is this? My ego, my identity with monogamy and, um, you know, my status in the world has to shift and I have to get clear. And so when I met this older man, I was like, this is what I believe in this. I believe that this is possible. This is what I desire. Um, and we were living in different cities at the time. So it was increasingly more important for us to have some openness because we weren't going to be seeing each other all the time. And so I introduced him to all the books that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. And he was like, this is so fascinating. I never would have thought of this, but after doing the research, I'm a yes, I'm a yes. And so we gave it a try. And unfortunately he lied, uh, the entire time we were in the relationship um, and consistently cross the boundaries of our container. And so that was really traumatizing for me. But at the end of the day, it didn't have to do with the relating style. It had to do with the person. He was also a compulsive liar. There were a lot of things that were off about this individual that I just completely bypassed because I was so excited to have someone that was like accepting me for me. So that lasted three months and then it blew up in my face. And, you know, moving forward, I... I just was like, all right, owning the part of me that was like, I'm not purely monogamous, but I'm also like, not sure if I'm like a fully open poly person. And so I played in the, in the gamut and I tried different relating styles, um, and kind of figured out what worked. And the, the complicated thing about this space is again, that it's not always the relationship style that is right or wrong. It's the person that could be right or wrong for you or is just not mature enough to engage this way. And in a lot of cases, I wasn't. I mean, I've I've made a lot of mistakes in, in relating in this way, and it's really hard to see your shadow. Um, and I, I fully own the, and honestly, just like send so much love to the people that I hurt in, in my actions in trying out this relating style. And that's not a reason to stay away from it. And it's not a reason to be curious. There's so much space for learning and growing. Um, and you can hurt someone just as much by, um, staying in a monogamous relationship that is limiting you and limiting the partnership, um, so yeah, anyways, 
So fast forward, <laughs> um, I broke up with my partner. Uh, we dated almost a year in early uh, 2022 in January of this year. And part of our breaking up had to do with, you know, both of us not really being able to figure out our relating style and what was going to work for us and to have compassionate conversations around it. We entered, we entered the relationship under the understanding that we would have some level of openness, but uh, my desire was a little bit stronger. I also had more experience. Um, and at the same time, I still felt a bit of judgment around that for myself. Um, it was totally me. Uh, and yeah, it just, it just wasn't working. So we, we split. And in that time in between, I explored solo polyamory and I dated someone that was very poly and that was fun. And it was also very, very challenging. Uh, it was a wild ride and I got to have metamors. Metamors are individuals that are like your lover's other lover, my metamor. Uh, and it was such an incredible time. And I introduced, I was going on dates still and I was telling everyone, yeah, I'm solo poly. And I was getting to teach them about different open relating styles. And it was super duper fun. And I also was getting clear on, okay, I have this vision for my future that involves committed partnership and a family and solo poly is not sustainable for that. Um, in, in my vision. And I started to consider, okay, this is going to come to an end at some point. And I get to consider what I actually want and how that's going to happen. And that meant getting like taking holistically all of my experiences and then considering what is going to serve my re my future relationship. And at that time, I was like, I'm calling in my partner. I'm calling in my life partner. <laughs> So they need to be down for this vision. And that's going to be a part of what I'm That's going to be a part of this person that I'm manifesting. And, you know, as I was considering calling in my primary, my, my partner, my beloved, my life partner, my the father of my children, I'm thinking, but fuck, I've got some really great like lovers in my life. And I'm really loving like dating and playing and like, Ugh, like I don't want, like, I'm really afraid that if I meet my person, I'm going to have to let all that go. And that fucking sucks. Like, I don't want to do that. And so it was still this internalized, like fear and judgment around being open that was like haunting me. And I really had to do like a lot of ritual and a lot of clearing and a lot of letting go around it doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be monogamy or polyamory. It can be both and more. And so I decided that what I wanted as a relating style for my future partner was to actually not be defined by our relationship structure. And instead to set the intention that at every moment, and each chapter of our relationship, we will decide and be in constant flow in regards to how we desire to relate to one another and to relate to other people. 
And that is super fluid. And so I didn't put down monogamous even. I didn't put down open. I didn't put down monogamous, but I knew that I there were going to be chapters that I would maybe want monogamy with my partner while I'm pregnant potentially, or, you know, different, or if if we need to focus on our relationship. So I don't want to go into it with like, this is it. We're only open relating because I want to, I want there to be room for monogamy if that's in alignment. And I also don't want to jet, I want a deeply committed partner, but I also want to have space to explore all that I am. I want to have the freedom to follow my pleasure and desire when it is in my highest good and trust that my partner can hold that and celebrate it and see the benefit of that for our relationship. Which to me means that any ex like one of, okay, so where do we go next? I'm going very free flow and I'm having so many beautiful thoughts and things that I want to share with you guys. And it's incredible. I'm just super passionate about all this stuff, but I I first want to just take a pause and say like, there is no right or wrong relating style in my opinion. And also according to Tantra, as we know, Tantra basically means freedom and expansion and different things make like Freedom is subjective. Expansion is subjective. That looks different to each and every one of us, meaning living a tantric lifestyle can look different to each and every one of us. To me, you know, monogamy may not seem free, but it can actually feel really fucking free for a lot of us, including myself, to have the freedom to deeply commit and to explore so far with one person like that's not like that level of depth is not really ever potentially possible with someone that you just met or someone that you're dating like in a solo poly sort of container and it's not to say that there isn't a different kind of depth available to those individuals but there's a certain level of depth that comes with making decisions together about your future raising children together building a home and those are just like the extrinsic sort of factors, like let alone the sort of conversations and like depth that comes from relating with someone for 30 years, 50 years, et cetera. Whew, that gives me chills. So I also want to just say there is no right or wrong. Um, It's what is the most expansive for you? What feels the most free for you? And I recognize that in different chapters, that's going to look very different. So my intention going into the relationship was, and still is to be able to be in flow and be in communication, um, and honor and respect one another in that process. So there's no right or wrong, Uh, you know, also just briefly touching on, you know, your intention to explore open relating or monogamy can come from a fear-based space or an expansive space. So to give a couple of examples, um, choosing to explore monogamy could come from an expansive place if you're desiring to go really, really deep with someone and to feel the safety that creates freedom when you are just focused on the relationship that you're in and not putting your energy elsewhere. That's an expansive reason to choose monogamy. 
Hello, lover. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And thank you for your patience with this brief interruption as I ask for a quick favor. If this podcast resonates with you, I would love to hear it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective and your reviews also help this podcast become more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to find it and more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. Thank you again. Take these couple of minutes to hit pause, write a quick review, and then let's get back to the episode. A fear-based reason to choose monogamy would be because you are afraid that your partner will fall in love with someone else and leave them, or that it will cause too many problems, or that you're insecure about um, yourself and being compared to another or, you know, whatever, fear-based, right? Uh, On the other end of the spectrum, you have polyamory and open relating, and an expansive reason to choose polyamory might be... I feel that I have so much love to give and so much to learn from all of the humans in the world in regards to intimacy. And there are so many experiences available to me that I want to be able to run that gamut and do it all from a place of love and joy and just spreading this divine yumminess that is intimacy and sexuality. A fear-based reason to choose polyamory might be that you are afraid of commitment. You are afraid of having your desire, your desired vision of family coming to fruition because you don't want to fuck it up like your parents did. Um, It could be, it could be that you're not getting your needs met in your relationship, and you're just wanting to. You're just afraid that sharing what you actually want with your partner isn't going to happen. So you start to explore external relationships from there. So again, on any end of the spectrum, you can find, you know, fear-based reasons as well as expansive-based reasons. And it's okay if you're feeling a little bit of all of them. Even though I feel pretty secure, I still have moments in our open relating that that I know that I feel my fear come up and I recognize, oh, that's coming from an insecure place. So actually, no, I can celebrate my partner in his connection with another because I'm able to recognize that that's actually my fear that's keeping me from wanting us to explore externally. Mm. Okay. So from here, Andrew and I, who I had on the podcast recently, episodes 97 and 98, I believe, really beautiful. If you're curious more about high vibe relating and how we kind of found each other and all that good stuff, uh, I recommend you give it a try, but, um, just kind of stay on the topic of, you know, open relationships. I'm going to share a little bit about how we flowed with that. So on, you know, first of all, Andrew and I met at one of my, my sensual play parties here in Austin. And it was kind of his first time ever stepping into this space. He was invited by a mutual friend And so we went into it both being, you know, like sort like I was deeply in the space, had had quite a bit of experience. He had a little bit less, but also had a lot of life experience and a lot of like emotional intelligence, intelligence and leadership training. Um, So, you know, we connected, we met, but we didn't actually connect to start dating until about five months later. And 
on our first date, we went to a play party, which is a great story. Again, check out those episodes. And afterwards we sat down and we actually started talking about what we desire in a partner and in a, in a life partner. And I shared that it was really important to me to feel that I had the freedom to explore all that I am in the relationship. I want deep commitment. And I also want to have that freedom. So I shared that with him. And I actually use the example. If I'm on a trip, you know, in Brazil doing a plant medicine journey and I'm like on my way back and I run into some like super charismatic, amazing man that I feel like has codes for me. And uh, I just feel that like potential. And I I feel like the universe put this person in my life for a reason. And it feels physically connected. I want to feel safe to go for that, knowing that my partner is going to celebrate it. And also knowing that I'm going to come back to my partner, Andrew, and be like, thank you. I love you even more because of this. And look what I learned from that experience, from that connection. So I actually used that, that example. And after I said that, Andrew said, I'm going to marry you. I'm going to marry you. (laughs) And I was like, it was very vulnerable for me to share that desire so explicitly, especially to someone that I was already feeling super connected to and just like really wanted it to happen. And for that to be accepted and again, celebrated and even like committed to in a way was just really powerful for me. So they exist, everyone. So we flowed from there and we started connecting. And I also talked about on this podcast, conscious celibacy. So our first month of dating, Andrew and I actually didn't uh, connect sexually um, or like physically sexually at least. So that was a really beautiful experience for both of us. So obviously we also weren't exploring with others. So we were pretty monogamous and we maintained that up until, um, Andrew went to ISTA a couple months into our relationship, which was super challenging for me because, um, I've been in those containers. I've been to a lot of Tantra retreats and there is opportunity to connect with others. And there are exercises that involve connecting with others. And I, was so grateful that he was partaking in this training because this is a world that's super important to me and I couldn't go. (laughs) I was supposed to go and I was supposed to be on the leadership team actually as an assistant. And, uh, I was asked to step down because it was Andrew and I started dating and it was, and he had signed up months before I had been chosen as an assistant months before we even started dating. And it was, um, the, the lead facilitator expressed that he wasn't in support of, um, leadership being on leadership when it is a participant, when their partner is a participant and they're a first time participant. So I couldn't be there on top of it. And he also expressed the desire to go offline during that week. So that was very challenging for me knowing that um, my partner is in a container where there's lots of sexual energy moving and we cannot communicate and anything could be happening. Although that's not exactly, you know, what we decided. So going into that container, again, we are in constant communication about where we're at in our relationship and what's going to be the most expansive for us. And I told him that I wanted him to experience that 
as he was supposed to when he signed up when we weren't dating. And I wanted him to get the most of the, out of that container, which meant having quite a level of openness. Meanwhile, I also shared that if that's where we open our relationship, like the, we're turning a page right now and we're going to view the, if he chose to engage at any level, that would kind of shift how our relationship structure was like that would be the moment and so that was an interesting experience and we had a we had a conversation around what our desires fears and boundaries were for that and we went into it feeling really um i went into it feeling a little bit nervous and i think he was too but uh, i think we both carried it really beautifully and came out the other side and it was super powerful from there um, we started attending other parties together and that felt really good. And we started exploring with other people at those parties, which also felt really good. And that's kind of been where we've been at for now. So for us, monogamish has looked like, you know, ex- like the, we're not, we're not looking for external relationships. We're not looking for another boyfriend or a girlfriend, but we are really open to playing with other people and playing with other people specifically in containers or like with each other. And those are some things that you could think about when you're considering monogamish, like what are some ways that I could do this and slowly branch into it? So when we first started, it was like, okay, sensual touch with others And like, let's invite another girl into our experience or let's, you know, why don't you try experimenting with that man and I'll watch and we'll see how that feels. And just taking it one thing at a time and feeling in at each stage what works for us. And one of my favorite weekends that we had um, exploring this was actually at the Tantra Love Retreat, which is the retreat that I co-facilitate with Justin, a Tantra Love Coach. We have an episode of the podcast where we talk all about why to attend a Tantra retreat. I'll actually pull it up now uh, just because I do think that this is a really important one if you are considering. Episode 84, Why Attend a Tantra Retreat. So Andrew uh, came along with me to that retreat and assisted. And we also had a lot of opportunity in that space over the course of three days to really build connection with other humans and to try different things. And it was in that weekend as well that we're working with sexual energy as a healing energy. And there were opportunities for both Andrew and I to connect with other people and to witness Um, witness each other in those connections. And it was the first time that Andrew said to me, uh, I understand what you, what you mean by an external relationship or an external connection being net positive to our relationship. So that's one of the foundations and the agreements that we have in our relationship around, um, exploring with other individuals is that that external connection needs to be net positive to our relationship, meaning that it is, it will have a positive impact on our relationship and not a negative one. And there's a little bit of space for neutrality in that as well. But to me, you know, like in that example when we are interacting with sexuality in a healing way, you know, it was incredible for Andrew to have the experience of, you know, working with other individuals and seeing his power as a like 
a guide and as a shaman and as a sexual priest, if you will, pleasure priest. And so that was really net positive for his, for our relationship because it allowed him to see his relationship to sexuality in a more expansive way and to consider how he interacted with me as well in that healing way. So that's just one example. Um, again, using the example of that, you know, Brazilian shaman that I could connect with, you know, I could learn some way of interacting with the body that I could take back and apply to Andrew. Maybe this guy is into like some certain kink that I didn't even think about that I get to then go and try on my partner and it adds a little spice back into the relationship in a little bit more depth, for example. So again, there's no right or wrong, um, but some of the benefits of non-monogamy to me one of the one of the big benefits of non-monogamy to me is that it really amplifies what's already happening in your relationship and especially at a foundational base. So if you already have a solid, joyful, openly communicative partnership, non-monogamy can actually expand those qualities. And if the foundation is less than solid, non-monogamy can make complications in your relationship seem unavoidable because what non-monogamy does is it often brings out those insecurities that you have. It brings out the shadows. It brings out the possessiveness. There was a recent, you know, party where Andrew and I, you know, had the opportunity to engage with another human. And I did start to notice my insecurity coming out. I started to compare myself to this human. And so it wasn't about Andrew and I's relationship. It was about how I was viewing myself. And that actually gave me the opportunity to work through that insecurity and come into myself from a more confident and expansive way, which is a huge gift. And I wouldn't have had that gift if we were just practicing monogamy. Monogamy can encourage us to gloss over these limiting factors in ourselves, whereas non-monogamy can be like a bomb exploding it all, which is why it may not be for everyone or it may not be for everyone all the time. And I know that's how it is for me. It's Non-monogamy is not for me all the time. It's a tool that I like to use a lot of the time though. And it can be especially traumatic if you have, if you already have some trauma around non-monogamy. As I've said, I've had partners lie in the past. I've lied in the past. It's been uncomfortable. So I have to be constantly on top of myself and self-aware to make sure that it doesn't um, net, net negative for me and for our relationship. Another really important thing about using non-monogamy is uh, being in relation with your nervous system in a really holistic way, um, knowing the tools to regulate yourself. If you find yourself uh, overwhelmed or triggered by uh, some element of relating more openly. So um, non-monogamy is also not the only way to become aware of these insecurities, but it is one benefit for growth-minded individuals such as myself. That being said, I also know there will be times where I just want to keep things super sacred and close and tight with my partner. And I'm really excited for those chapters as well. But what it comes down to is, you know, non-monogamy, monogamish have a lot of benefits. And to me, you get to get curious about seeing the value in your partner engaging with others. And another thing I want to touch on is compersion. So compersion is feeling, I'm actually just going to pull up the actual definition of compersion. And then I'll speak into what it means to me. So compersion is our wholehearted participation in the happiness of others. 
It is the sympathetic joy we feel for someone else. So compersion, that's the the literal definition, but compersion in the space of open relating is seeing your partner in their pleasure with someone else and being able to celebrate that and to actually be like, oh my God, that is so amazing for them. I'm so happy they're they're having so much joy and pleasure. And I know that them being overflowed with joy and pleasure is only going to add more joy and pleasure to our relationship. Whereas a lot of people might see the joy and pleasure of their partner with someone else as a threat to the relationship. So compersion is the opposite. You see it as a value. So, um, you know, again, Andrew and I are operating from this place of allowing ourselves to flow into what works at any given time. We have a lot of conversations uh, before every event that we go to that's in the Tantra or um, play party space, we have a conversation. Now, even before I travel, sometimes we'll have a conversation if I know that I'm going to be around people that are open relating to just feel into, you know, it, it, like if it even is a possibility that I have the option to connect with someone, I don't want to have to like run back to Andrew every time to see. So oftentimes we'll have those conversations. And again, there's lots of different, um, there's lots of different like limits that you could put on it. You know, you could take intercourse off the table entirely or certain sexual acts. You could take off different activities. You could take, uh, take or add the individual. One thing that I've, um, that Andrew and I have done, if we know who's going to be at a party because I'm hosting it and I have the guest list. I'll, you know, we'll kind of talk about who would we like to connect with so that we can go into it, being able to feel into that possibility. So we're just doing our best to be as proactive as possible. Um, and if we feel blindsided by a connection, meaning I'm in Brazil and I meet someone right now, we have the structure that we have to have a conversation before I move forward with that connection, but down the line that might not be necessary. Maybe I can just do it without telling him and then come back and be like, guess what happened? Can you believe this? You know, so there's lots of different ways that you could do this so that you feel really, really good and safe and expansive regardless of, you know, how you're doing it. So uh, that wraps up my whole chat on monogamish. Thank you so much for tuning in and for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality. If open relating interests you and also kind of scares you, but you want to give it a try and you're just not really sure and you feel like you need support, this is something that I coach on and would love to guide you through whether you are doing it in a solo way, whether you're wanting to call in a partner who is open to this, or if you're already in a partnership and you're trying to negotiate how to do this feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can check out my website, www.talktantratome.com and then click the work with me tab. Uh, we could work together on this in person or virtually as well as I highly recommend checking out the Tantra Love Retreat. This is an incredible opportunity to step into a container with lots of different types of individuals with different relating styles and see what they're doing and how they're doing it and how it works. 
Obviously, Andrew and I are operating currently from a monogamish place. So you'll get to see that. And then also Justin and Jacqueline have also tried um, lots of different relating styles as well. And Justin, again, is my co-facilitator and Jacqueline is his partner. So you're going to get lots of juicy and expansive uh, examples or evidence of what is possible in this space. So we are doing the Tantra Love Retreat uh, again, uh, May 4th through the 7th of 2023. And we also have some dates in late September polls. I don't have those in front of me, um, but everything will be updated on the website, uh, com, And then you can go under the events tab and check out the Tantra Love Retreat, as well as, you know, the other events and opportunities that I have happening in the space. So with that being said, thank you again. If this podcast resonates with you, please leave a review. It would be amazing. Thank you. And if you'd like to take an even more proactive role in Awakening the Collective to Sacred Sexuality, I'd love it if you screenshotted this podcast and shared it on your social media. And if you do so, please tag me so I can thank you personally. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day. And I'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta.